Bill was wafting between gasping for air and spouting gibberish. Shh, Trish kept whispering. They're coming to save us. Just hold on, Bill. Shh. Don't attract the monsters. It was futile. There was no rescue, and Bill's breaths became fewer and farther between. At last, he drew in one breath, held it. His body shook and his eyes opened wide. Locked in a stare with his friend Trish, he at last went still and died. Outside the bars, some of the passing zombies stopped. As if they sensed that someone had died, they turned toward the building, peering at it, searching. At the door, Trish and Marion could hear scratches from the cat trying to get out, trying to get at them. This is the story of our players in Outbreak Undead, part of RPG Storytime. There are stairwells on all four corners. We're going to use all of those and attack them from every direction. Their studio is supposed to be on the 19th floor, so we're going to make our way up there, recover, then, on my signal, we're going to attack from every direction. Jamie explained her plan in great detail, telling how she and her two partners were going to raid the radio station and put a stop to the DJ. The plan seemed to have some holes, which Tommy asked about, but she brushed him off and said it would be fine. He finally just went along with it, then asked where Jeff was. Jamie said she'd explain everything later. For now, they needed to go kill the DJ, and she abruptly shut off the walkie-talkie. Wait, he might want to call back, Derek tried to say, but Jamie cut him off. They're monitoring the walkie-talkie communications. We have to have complete radio silence. If they're monitoring us, then you just told them our plan, Karen said. No, I didn't, because we're not going to attack them right now, Jamie said. Right now, they're expecting us, so any attack is suicide. I let them hear what we're not going to do, so they spend all their manpower defending the stairwells while we get away. Derek nodded. It was a good plan, so he started for the car. Not in that, Jamie said. They're going to be covering the ramp, so we have to sneak out the pedestrian way. But we'll need a car, Derek argued. Jamie smiled. I got that covered. The three made their way to the pedestrian exit and slipped out. Sure enough, they could see a couple goons waiting with guns just outside the car entrance ready to ambush anyone who went in or out. Jamie led the others into one of the cars. They got in, and she hotwired it. Just as the goons were looking over at the noise, the car pulled away and sped off into the city streets. Back at the BWP, they had set up guard posts. Jessica took the lookout position in the tower since Nestor was injured. He was convalescing along with Carrie and Mason in a makeshift hospital they had created. Ken had the most medical experience of them all having tempted as a secretary at a hospital once. No, it wasn't much. That's how screwed they all were. To make matters worse, all the medical supplies they had gotten from Walgreens were still in the car, which was now surrounded by the walking dead. Tommy gathered a group to go out to get it and devised a plan. He and Nasiba would create a diversion by running to one side and firing into the crowd. Seth and Jessica would make a dash for the car, grab the supplies, and bring them in. The plan began smoothly enough. As soon as the gates flew open, everyone fired into the crowd of zombies, clearing a path. Tommy and Nasiba ran to one side, firing at zombies as they went. This attracted the attention of the ones near the car, who ambled after the couple. Once the way was clear, Seth and Jessica dashed for the car, hopping over the dead bodies along the way. Once they got there, they each crawled in opposite ends of the car to begin sifting through everything they had gathered. Most of the medical supplies were covered by vintage clothing they had to toss aside. Some of it was under Eileen's nearly severed body. What was this stuff? Seth asked. Who cares? It's from Walgreens. Just throw it in a bag. Jessica scolded. One zombie spotted the live people and began wandering towards Seth's feet. Tommy gunned it down, but more were on their way. I don't think we can carry everything, Seth said, trying to determine what to take. Just grab it all, damn it, Jessica shouted. 
Her voice was interrupted by a growl next to her. Eileen was moving. Her clattered-over eyes were staring right at her, and her blood-soaked mouth was chomping at her leg. Shaken, Jessica gathered up what she could and began crawling out of the car. Eileen's bony arms clawed at the cement as she crawled toward her. Seth grabbed up what looked important and pulled out. He saw around them that the dead from the gunfight were beginning to rise, including Claire, whose half-devoured body rose up right next to him. Panicking, Seth hit her with one of the bags and dropped it. Then he dashed to the other side of the car. Jessica was moving slowly, inching her way out of the crammed confines of the broken vehicle. Eileen kept crawling toward her, also slowed by the caved-in carriage which had the lower half of her body pinned. This was little problem, however, as her torso simply pulled free of the legs, and now she crawled to Jessica with her arms. Jessica yanked herself free, cutting herself to the broken glass as she did. Seth helped her up, and they pulled away from their former acquaintance. They were met with a wall of the undead gunmen. Their weapons still hung from their hands uselessly, though they shambled at the two survivors. Suddenly, they were all cut down by Tommy, who was killing them a second time. With their path cleared, Seth and Jessica dashed back into the BWP. Tommy and Nasiba also retreated, having spotted more large numbers coming at them. As the other survivors drove through the streets of Burbank, Jamie explained what was happening. She had been with her boyfriend Jeff when they got surrounded. A National Guardsman named Dave had rescued them. And since he was part of the military, he knew a bit more about what was going on. North Korea had shot a missile with a gas weapon that had not only killed people, but turned them into the walking dead. The North Koreans had targeted Southern California because they were still sore at Hollywood's portrayal of their great leader. Jamie realized why Seth Rogen had been of such great interest, and she didn't tell him that Seth was at their base. Dave continued on, explaining this was supposed to create a disease of people which would spread across the country. The only survivors were those deep inside buildings, and a few who were immune for some reason. This only affected Southern California, so the military was coming in soon to rescue anyone who survived and to destroy the outbreak. So Jeff went with Dave to tell the military about the Burbank survivors. Why'd you stay? Derek asked. Dave has a girlfriend here named Chloe who is trapped. He asked me to make sure she's safe since he couldn't remain without being considered AWOL. She then explained that Chloe worked at the radio station, and she had told Dave that everyone had either been killed or suddenly turned evil. Jamie had been on her way to the woman's house when she heard everything happening on the radio. When she got in range of the walkie-talkies, she heard Derek and Karen explaining their plans, and she remembered Dave telling her the radio people had ways of listening in on that type of communication, so she figured they were walking into a trap. Derek was silent a moment. Then he asked, So, where'd you get the sword? They wound their way up the hills until they reached a point near the top. Chloe lived in a small rental block of a house that overlooked Universal Studios. There weren't many zombies here. Most had flowed down the road like a river trickling downhill or tumbled down in the steep cliffside. There were a couple now lingering around the house which Jamie and the others dispatched with ease. Once she was done, she looked up at the window and saw a pair of eyes watching her. Jamie, soaked in blood and sweating from several days of struggle, looked her right in the eyes and said, Hi, Chloe. Dave sent us. Tune in next week to find out what happens next. And if you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!